Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. Today's episode features an interview with College of St. Mary head soccer coach Jordan Ursick. We recorded this interview after the Flames' 3-2 win over Northwestern College last week, and since then, Coach Ursick and her squad traveled up to Dort and got a 3-1 win on the road, and they return to Omaha tomorrow to attempt to make it three in a row as they take on Mount Marty University at 3 p.m. In this interview, we talk a lot about a lot of good things, including the start to the Flames season, in-state recruiting, the Nebraska club landscape, and women in soccer. It's a great interview, and I want to apologize, and, and I apologize for the technical difficulties during the interview. Shout out Cox Communications for an extremely unreliable internet. Anyways, here's Coach Jordan Ursick. <music> And today I'm welcoming on head coach from College of St. Mary's women's soccer program, Jordan Ursick. Jordan's coming off of a big win today in the GPAC conference. Jordan, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so let's get started. Uh, coming into this season, it, it's been kind of a difficult year for all college soccer sure. programs and college soccer coaches and college soccer players. Uh, what's been the last 18 months been like for you and your program uh, going through like the COVID year and now coming out into this year? Yeah, I think we have a pretty unique view of that. Um, being that College of St. Mary is a health sciences school at its very core. Um, more than half of my team, I would say closer to three quarters of my team work in healthcare every single day. Um, and also are planning to be on the front lines, nursing students, OT, PA, physical therapists, like most of the girls on the team, that is their goal. And so I think we have a little bit of a unique view um, in that a year ago when we were talking about the front lines all the time, the girls on this team really were part of that. They were CNAs, they were, you know, working their clinical hours, all of those things. And so for my team, um, it's been very different. <laughs> yeah, and if, if being a college student athlete wouldn't be stressful enough uh, exactly. here, and because I know you said like some of your, your players were actively working throughout the pandemic from like March of February and March of 2020 when it all began. So like, which is, is a, definitely a unique experience for, yeah. um, for, uh, you know, for your squad and for yourself as a coach, how do you feel about your team coming into this fall? Um, a, a pretty good start so far. Do you feel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think last year we definitely being, um, being that same thing, these girls were also getting tested every week. And so it felt like every week we just had a new batch of kids out of class, out of school, and we never really got our footing. Um, I ha honestly, we had one girl play every game last year, which is wow. just insanity. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. <laughs> every time I think that I'm like, wow, how did we do this? Um, and so, you know, last year was year three for me. And I think if you had taken away COVID, we would have been pretty good. I think we were ready to take another step forward. And so there's a big chip on these girls' shoulders, uh, because, um, I think the only people that really believe in them right now are themselves. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I, I've been able to see, I was able to see like, while I was at Wayne state, um, 
how you were slowly making those steps, you know, mainly in the recruiting world. Like I think when I first got to Wayne state, I never, even though CSM and Wayne state are in the same state, we never really crossed paths. Right. Um, and then when you became the head coach, all of a sudden we were crossing paths with players a lot more. And, yep. you know, we talked off off air that there were a couple of players that chose CSM over Wayne state. Um, oh, darn. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, and have ended up being very, very good for you there. Um, yeah. This coming into this fall, you have had a couple standout players already. Um, and some of them are local players. Uh, would you care to bring to light some of the, some of the standout players that if people come to watch CSM games this fall, um, that they could keep an eye out for. Yeah, I was um, thinking about this when we called out our starting lineup today. Most of our team now is Omaha-based or within a couple hours. Yeah, Um, I would say I made a very adamant effort when I started here that we were going to grow a little bit slower maybe than I would have wanted to, but we were going to do it in this area. Um, so I would say our starting goalkeeper is, um, Gabby Felker. She's from Millard West. Uh, she won a state title there. Um, our starting center back is exactly who we're talking about. Kaylee Ratzliff, uh, yeah. went to Papua South, um, and is a pavilion soccer club, uh, Metro Wolves product, uh, our outs. On the other two on our back line, um, Haley Holden's from Bellevue West, Kendra Weezy's from Columbus Scotus, um, Caitlin Smith uh, is from Fort Calhoun. She was started our holding mid today, um, but r- I'm just going right up the line. And like she I had a, she has an interesting she has an interesting story being from Fort Calhoun because yeah. their high school doesn't have soccer. Yep. So she there's two of them now. So we have um, her and Abby Anderson who graduated yep. from Fort Calhoun last year. Um, who both played at OFC um, now and, you know, Sporting Nebraska, but they didn't play high school. And so um, Abby Anderson um, is the other teammate of that. That's in the same boat. Her older sister chose to go to Marion instead. Um, Kylie's on our team as well. She's a sophomore. And then Abby played in the DA instead. Um, and, And KJ as well. They both went to Fort Calhoun and just played club, which is different. Yeah. Um, so, and then the big one, I think that uh, it's got everybody talking is Abby Wilson, who went to Mercy High School. Um, she is also from Pavilion Soccer Club, and she's one of the leading goal scorers in the country right now. And she's only a sophomore. Which is awesome, right? Like, and that shows, crazy. That, that shows you the strides that Mercy has made as a high school program as well. Um, yeah. Someone like Abby Wilson, who's scoring goals um, in a, in, in, in a, in a good conference uh, that you started playing now, but also like your, your non-conference schedule wasn't just a, a cakewalk either. So she's been scoring goals in some big games for you. For sure. um, yeah. And it's awesome that she's a sophomore because that means if you don't get to watch her play this year, you have two more years to get out and uh, watch her play at college of St. Mary. And the one thing that I really like about college of St. Mary, and I think that, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it because I don't want to make Jordan seem like she has to promote her own program or her own facilities, but <laughs> They have a great, they have a great facility. And the other thing is the the location is awesome too. So if you want to catch a game, if it's an early kickoff, you can catch a game down at College of St. Mary and you can walk over to the Exarban area and you can have your pick of um, plenty of different good restaurants there. Um, You know, if it's a later kickoff, you can go beforehand and then walk over and catch it. If it's a, you know, a Saturday kickoff, uh, there's plenty to do in the area too. So you can kind of make a little bit of a a half day of it and, and really make it a good experience. And 
it's a it's a really nice place to watch a game and i know it's a it's a good place to play a game as well having coached a couple games on that field um so shifting a little bit towards uh you specifically you became the head coach three years this is your third season this is my fourth fourth season season. fourth yeah this is your fourth season and you spent two years previous as the assistant coach at college st mary's and then you were also the assistant coach at york beforehand um how did you get into coaching or what made you decide to go the path of college soccer coaching that's uh, a really interesting story because it definitely wasn't my plan. Um, I actually went to grad school right out of college. Um, I graduated high school super early, college super early, and then went to UNL for chemistry. Um, <laughs> so I have like, uh, I was there um, and raising my family and um, my mom died. And my sister was a senior in high school. It was right before she graduated. And he said, you know, you're, she was just a kid and she really wasn't ready to be out in the big world by herself. And so we said, okay, you're going to go to York. <laughs> That's where we live. That's what you're going to do. And uh, here's your soccer scholarship kind of thing. Um, and she was, she was an outstanding player. Um, but when that happened um, after her second, after her first year, they got a new coach and the coach had reached out through her and said, we really need a goalkeeper coach. And that is what I had done. Um, and I had coached some goalkeeping in the club realm and things like that growing up. And I said, okay, I'll try. Um, and in two years, we were really bad. <laughs> um, and Ryan Davis uh, gave me a chance and didn't know me from anybody. We had like a conversation on the phone what, before I moved from Texas. And you know, he just, he believed in me and said, you know, like you could do this. Um, and it was more the willingness. I was, I, I think it was the willingness I was willing to do to work really hard. Um, and so when he left, um, and he's in Lincoln now running a club out there when he left, um, I had gotten some other little opportunities more, most specifically with ODP. And I'd met Marin McCrary through that. And Marin McCrary is, um, I think people around here still know her, is just yeah. such an advocate for female coaches and just like called everybody for me and just said, we got to get this girl somewhere, you know? And so she took over at the time I was leaving York, she took over at CSM and said, you need to be here with me. I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so I, my job when I started was literally come here two to three days a week and coach goalkeepers. Um, and at the time she was the, also the state director DOC for Nebraska. And she was just like, I don't, I need help recruiting. She didn't have as much time to give to it as she wanted. And I just kind of said, okay, I'll do it. And it just, kind of rolled from there I started out just a couple days a week and it became almost like a, a super passion as and then it does it, yeah it does <laughs> we just get obsessed um when she stepped aside she moved back to Colorado um I was already kind of um helping run the program at that point and it was I think a natural progression for me I went through the process and everything but I think um everybody, a lot of people believed in me that I was ready to take a job. I wasn't very old (laughs) as we never are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they, you know, promoted me and there we are. So not a, not a linear path at all. 
Yeah, no, and, and it's I, I like when we have coaches share their stories of how they get to where they are because there's no path that's the same. There may be some similarities, but they always they're always unique. And there's a couple things I want to circle back on. So the first one is you brought up that you went to UNL for chemistry. Are you 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 were not at last I knew you were an adjunct instructor at College of St. Mary's. Are you still adjunct? No, I help a little bit when needed, um, but it's way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally can. And that's honestly kind of the first job I had at College of St. Mary was teaching because they brought me in in the spring and I wasn't technically a hired person for the soccer team yet. And which courses did you teach? I have taught everything, but my main things are organic chemistry, which is everybody's least favorite <laughs> subject and uh, physical chemistry, which if, if you get past organic, then that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. And I was terrible at chemistry. And I think that just, that's, that's a unique thing about your, your journey and your story too, is a lot of coaches have, you know, education backgrounds or like, you know, I, I had an athletic training sports medicine background. Um, yeah. but you have like a true, true, like you can relate to your players and the classes that they take because you kind of went through that path in what you studied, which is probably very helpful for them as well. I have, um, when I first started, especially there was a player who would call me at two in the morning and would just be like, I need you to help me pass my chemistry test. And she passed, she got a B. <laughs> and we all were so happy um but yeah that's I tell them all the time if you fail chemistry I'm going to kick you off the team and they believe me <laughs> and I get them to sit in my office and and I love it I'm so passionate about teaching um and it definitely crosses over into my coaching because when you teach something that's so difficult and so many people are already feel like they're set up to fail like nobody walks in the class and wants to learn chemistry no. Um, it, it helps teach this sport so much. Like it makes everything easier. Right. And so I take so much of that to coaching and I love it. That's great. And then another thing I want to circle back on is, is Marin, it, uh, for those of us in the soccer community are familiar through ODP. Um, but many, many people also, she still comes back to, um, she, she's a commentator on uh, state, the state tournament games. Um, and she does a great job for that. Um, what, and she does a lot of the C license yes. coaching education. She's yes. an incredible coaching educator. Yes. And uh, that's a, that's a big piece of what she has been helpful with or what she was helpful with, especially when she was like living here and, and really yep. working here was educating coaches. You coached ODP, um, which allowed you to coach some of the some of the oh, stronger man. players that have come up through <laughs> yeah. Nebraska, like who are some players that you got to interact with quite a bit that are, are doing big things currently at the college level or used were doing big things and like have now graduated and are done playing. I was so blessed. Um, the first team she gave me was the 2003s. And so that group, I don't think we lost a game in four years, but there's, I got to pull up the picture to give you the names. The number one person everybody's going to remember is Sarah Weber. Yeah. I remember you sent me, I remember you sent me that picture and you're like, look at, look at who all I got to coach when they were younger. Oh my goodness. Like it's, it's crazy. They're all like 11 and 12 years old and it's my first coaching job. And I didn't know at the time how blessed I was. (laughs) Um, so Sarah Weber's the big one like that people would know. Um, Caroline Dobb is in this picture. Um, oh man, I lost it already. 
Um, I have this picture from when they're little tiny things. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Taya Baker, who's going to yep. August, uh, Augustana, right? Yep. Augustana, um, yep. Dylan, I never, I bought your name. Yeah, that's that's my best. That's my best go at it. And Dylan, Dylan's a great kid and great player too. She's going to Drake. Yep. Yep. I um I take credit for her becoming an outside back. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Because she was a forward, and at one ODP tournament, she was just like, "Coach, I'll play in the back because we we had an injury," and I was like, "Okay." And now that's what she plays, but at the time she didn't. And that also a hundred, that also a hundred percent, like I can totally having gotten to coach her in camps and briefly recruited her before she got, you know, swooped up by Drake. Drake. Like that, that (laughs) sounds, that sounds, that sounds like, that sounds like Dylan. So, um, so you got to coach a lot. Ocean is the other one. Yeah. Ocean. Yeah. That's who's in this picture with me at 11, 12 years old. And and we're going to get Ocean here. I've talked to uh, her dad. We're going to try and get Ocean here on the podcast because she has such a interesting and unique story as well um yes on her journey so yeah you've gotten to coach some of the big names that have come through when they were younger which is very which is probably very cool and fulfilling to see them grow up um I think that's been the cool part even as a college coach that I've gotten to see some of these young players not even come to my school at Wayne State but when they moved on to other schools and seeing them when they were freshmen in high school and now they're in college and they're you know they're killing oh God, it. It's so it's, much it's, fun. It's super cool. So um, what, what do you think? Um, and this is kind of circling back to something that, uh, you know, Ryan Davis, you, you brought up what Ryan Davis did. What do you think we can do to continue to promote women coaching, girls soccer, women coaching, women's soccer, more, more female representation on the coaching side of things? Yeah, I get asked this question a lot. Um, and I think part of it is, and we haven't mentioned this, but I'm a mom too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hanging out at my eight-year-old basketball practice right now. And um, I think there's a lot of things we can do. And this was something Marin was a big advocate for as well. Um, we tend to give young women a lot of responsibility when they're young and before they have kids before they start a family and you see a lot of of women in coaching under 25 yep and then they tend to step away because you you know you want to be around your family you want to be around your kids I see that so much like these 21 22 year olds they start in the club world and then it kind of dies off um but one of the biggest things that that CSM has been for me and Ryan um at the beginning was very much so Um, an advocate for me is to not limit women just because they have families. I've had people tell me like, this isn't, you know, we can't, we don't have the resources for it and we don't have the ability to help you through these. And that's not true. Like, no, it's not. It's not. I'm sure I'm stumbling a little bit. I, I, and I, I, the, one of the examples that comes up and, and you know, this coach as well, um, a little bit is, is Sarah Cook, who's up at the university of Mary, Sarah, like I coached for Sarah before, um, she had kids watching, watching Sarah run a really successful program, um, is, is, is very cool to see and she was running a successful program before she had kids and now she has kids and they're a part of the program and it's it's such a cool family atmosphere 
there. Um, but it hasn't stopped them one bit and it hasn't stopped other coaches either, like yourself. Um, I have a cool story about Sarah. Okay. Um, Shoot. The first time I met Sarah was at a regional ODP event and she had literally just had her oldest daughter. Okay. And they brought her with. Yep. They stayed in the dorms. Um, her husband was there too, and they were both coaching and they just kind of passed the baby around. And we worked the <laughs> weekend with both of them coaching, which was, or the whole week with both of them coaching, which was just for me as a young woman, like I wasn't very old and my daughter wasn't very old. It was something I needed to see that, okay, you can, you know, she's running this high level program and doing all the things. And she's this incredible coach. Like we need women in coaching to be doing those things to prove to everyone you can you don't have to stop your life when you have a family you don't have to make those sacrifices all you're going to do is teach your children how awesome you can be right and and i haven't i haven't i haven't seen a single team or heard any stories of a single team who doesn't like having coach the coaches kids around oh my goodness my team is so supportive of my daughter like mm -hmm. they went to her birthday party last year (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) But I, I'm super upfront from my, with my kids from day one, like your family comes first. So does mine. Yep. So I'm, I missed a practice. I didn't miss a practice. I left practice early last week because my daughter had a game and I, my husband's a football coach. It was a Friday night. I had to go to the game, yep. you know, and, um, in the same way, when a, a girl needs a mental health day, when, you know, something happens to them, I'm the first person to say, you need the day off and that's okay. Right. And I think that needs to become more normalized throughout coaching. Um, So because, and throughout athletics, so it becomes more normalized in our everyday lives. That's just my personal opinion. Um, But the, the next thing, and this is kind of a more broader question before we come back to the college of St. Mary's is like, what we said, I said we could, you know, go a little bit into, I'd go a little bit into Nebraska soccer in general, like, Nebraska soccer has continued to grow quite a bit and, and you've lived yeah. in the state longer than I have. Um, not by much. <laughs> what, yeah, not by much, but where do you think Nebraska soccer, what do you think Nebraska soccer needs to do to continue growing in a positive direction? Um, at the club level, especially, is that what you're asking? Like at the youth yeah, I level? Think, I think at the club and the high school level. Yeah. I think the number one thing is we got to stop fighting each other. Yeah. Um, And I have a totally different view of it now as a parent. Um, My daughter is old enough that there's a lot of different clubs and a lot of different options. And I had a conversation with a parent the other day of like, we have, I, I know enough about club soccer to know where I want my daughter to play, but other parents are just lucking into, you know, okay, this is the club down the, down, down the street and there's no collaboration and no um camaraderie of we're all just fighting for the same thing we're fighting for these kids to have the best opportunities to grow them into young men and women um and do the right thing by them there's it's better than when I started I'll say that I've seen some good collaboration but at its core there's still so many people worried about themselves first and we got to worry about the kids and grow yep. the kids and give them the best experience. And having grown up somewhere else where that's what it was like, um, and just the way we did things was different. Like there was still that rivalry. Like I didn't want to lose to the Crosstown Club, but 
there was so much more about um about development and trying to get everybody to the highest level you could and here i i just don't get that all the time yeah i i would agree and i i think um we it's like it's like we we keep dividing 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 it's like very it's not just divisive but it's also like we're so scattered and multiplied we stretch the players we stretch our player resources too thin we stretch our coaching resources too thin for sure um you know i just think we it could always be better and i think like you said collaboration collaboration is the start like just collaborating not combining we don't have to merge all these clubs like no one's saying to do that but like the one thing that drove me nuts and this is completely like before i started coaching club down here but when i was a college coach what drove me nuts was you know we'd have three different clubs at the time that would have women's soccer id camp showcases in the winter on the same weekend <laughs> yeah on the same weekend or or they would all be on three different weekends where it was like and finally the boys have figured it out i know sporting nebraska and and uh gea dunford um and ryan cruz i believe have worked together where like gea does theirs on saturday omaha does theirs on sunday of the same weekend so they can get more coaches to come into town but it was so annoying for me it, even though i only had a two-hour drive i drove down three different weekends to three different club showcases when I could have got like, there could have been better planning. Like we, yes. um, and so I just I, think like stuff like that can be just little fixes can go a long way. Yeah. I, um, this year was the opposite. I was at three different ID camps, but they were all at the same time. Which is I, also not helpful. <laughs> yeah. They, I kind of got the vibe that they were purposely all at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I can't, I'm going to miss somebody. Like, how do I, you know, how do I split myself into three pieces? Right. And then I guess on the high school side of things, the one thing I would like to see is, is just, and I, I think, you know, I think some, I think a lot of the coaches are on board. It would just, and it's probably a bigger fix than what, what simply that we can do is I I would love to see less lopsided games. So better scheduling, but also fewer (laughs) games. It is insane. Uh, the Beatrice high school boys coach tweeted at me uh, the other day, how they had like five games in 10 days. Like, what are we yep. doing? <laughs> like- I, um, my high school coaching experience shout out is uh, at Columbus SCOTUS. Yeah. I, a good program. I worked under both Brzezinski's. I was part of, got to be so fortunate to work with John Brzezinski during that three peat run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Christy as well. And they're just fantastic. Okay. Done. Yeah. And <laughs> but, I know, I, I don't know Christy as well as I know, John, you know, shout out John. I know he listens to this and <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten to know, John, we see, love you. <laughs> I've gotten to see John coach games and I've also now seen John run sessions and, and he does a really good job and I know he cares about his team a lot. So, oh man, um, but yeah, that's exactly what the issue was, especially out in central Nebraska is you don't have a lot of options to play. It's totally different here in, in Omaha. But w- once the weather hits, um, you know, those early April games when you're just, it's raining or it's snowing or it's, you know, yeah. like those games get crunched because you're trying to play as many games as possible. And this point system that we have, that's just crazy. Like some games the power are just, points. Yeah, yeah I, I hate it. Yeah, And so you're just forcing these, like I said, Omaha is a little bit better because there's more options, but 
you know, these PowerPoints and all of that, these, they're trying to force these games to happen. And you just, these kids are playing five games in a week or, you know, back to back to back or three games in a weekend. Like that's madness. It, and all yeah. it is, is getting kids injured. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I just think that we could get better soccer if we had fewer games too. Um, to finalize everything up, to go back to College of St. Mary's, <laughs> you, you, you're you entering the GPAC now. Like they're kind of done with non-conference, right? Be, yep. Uh, and you're we got entering the GPAC. Crosstown oh, yeah. rivalry. Bellevue. Yep. Weeks. Yep. But um, otherwise, yep. And so what are you looking for in your team or what are you looking forward? Like, I guess, what are you looking for in the team? And then how do you think the G pack is going to shake out? Man, the G pack is so different when, than when I first got here. Um, we have, I'm one of the longest standing coaches around now, which is crazy. Um, so with every new coach and new, you know, new culture and team comes and that's just really shaking up the GPAC a lot where I'm not really sure with a hundred percent certainty who's going to come out on top. Um, you know, when I started three years ago, there were three teams who just dominated all of us. You know, there was a year where three teams went undefeated, um, and just tied each other <laughs> and they went undefeated the whole season. And now, you know, everybody's about the same. We're all a little over 500 in our non-conference play. So this week's exciting because we're starting to see the first game shake out. Right. And, um, you know, we played a couple hours ago and that was exciting. <laughs> yeah. And, uh -huh. and, and where, do you, yeah. where do you hope that your team ends up in the mix of this? You know, I think, uh, I'm, I think for us, we're just trying to make a conference tournament right now to prove to ourselves that we can. We, uh, two years ago, we lost out um, basically on a technicality. We had one too many ties. Um, if we had won a game instead of tied it, we would have been a fifth seed. And instead we ended up being ninth seed, which is just crushing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and yeah. we were the same boat at Wayne State. You know, we just making the conference tournament such a big deal, especially in a bigger conference. And we missed out on it in 2016. We were in a three-way tie and the eight top teams make it. So we were in a three-way tie for seventh and we were the, the odd man out for the- Yep, that's so. exactly what it was. <laughs> and then COVID just, COVID ruined everything. <laughs> uh, we just yeah. couldn't, we couldn't catch a breath last year. So, I mean, starting with a win for us um, on a team that was picked to be above us is, is a good start for us. Um, I think we're going to score a lot of goals this year. We've already proven that we scored more goals already than we did all last year, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I think Abby Wilson herself has scored more goals than we scored last year. Um, and then, you know, we're just, we're just hoping to battle in every game. I think a lot of games are going to come down to like it did today, a two, one, three, two type of thing where it's just who got the lucky goal and who fought just a little bit harder. Yep. Um, the effort, the effort yep. and the luck. And then maybe that little bit of planning where you're able to make that tweak or, 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 yep. or switch on the fly or in the last 10 minutes that can make the difference. Yeah. And that's, that's how we were today. I think we, uh, I think we had like 25 shots and just it happened that only three went in, but we had three crossbars too. So feeling yeah. okay. <laughs> Good. Well, congratulations on the win today Thanks. and, and good luck. Good luck of the good luck the rest of the way out to you and your program. Um, I'm hoping that I can get out to a weekend game sometime here in the, the la later month of uh, later time of September or early October. 
Um, sure, and, you're always and, welcome. Yeah, and make sure everyone, make sure you, uh, you know, we have a lot of um, Division One soccer in the area, but please keep in mind, like, NAIA soccer is quality soccer, especially the GPAC, which is a, a good conference and is nationally recognized as a solid conference. So make yeah. sure you get out and check out the uh, CSM Flames and, and Coach Ersic's squad. So Jordan, thanks for joining us. And uh, like I said, good luck the rest of the way. Yes, thanks for having me. Have a good one. Mm -hmm. We'll see you soon, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to thank Coach Ursic for coming on the show. Her and I have had many good chats off the air, and I truly consider her a good coaching friend. It was awesome to have her as my first college coach on the podcast for this fall season. Coach Ursic juggles being a college coach and a club coach while also being a mother and a wife. She continues to do a great job at all of those things. I just have a ton of respect for the work she is doing all around. We actually recorded this interview while she was at her daughter's basketball practice. So just thank you again to Coach Ursic for taking the time out of her busy schedule to come on the show. There's just so much going on in the soccer world of Nebraska, even with it just being college soccer season. I'm not going to be able to cover everything, so every week I'm going to try and touch on a few things. First, the Mavericks topped the Huskers, a history-making game for the Mavericks women's soccer team as they traveled the short distance to Lincoln and knock off the Nebraska Huskers 1-0. A big victory for the Omaha coaching staff and the team and kind of a gut punch for the Huskers. The Huskers did bounce back to beat Loyola that following Sunday, but after a tough trip to Arizona and a conference opening loss to Purdue, they are looking to find that early season winning form they had as they traveled to Maryland and Rutgers this week. The Mavericks followed up the Husker win with a couple big results, including an overtime win over Northern Colorado and draws versus another Big Ten opponent, Minnesota and Missouri State, which was on the road. They've come back down to earth a little bit with a 3-0 loss to Oklahoma State away at Stillwater. Um, Omaha is getting ready here for the conference season as well. So uh, a couple big weekends coming up for both the Huskers and the Mavericks. Next up, the Creighton women's soccer team have opened up strong in non-conference play. The Blue Jays are 6-2-1 and one, heading into Big East play this week. They were picked a lot higher in the Big East preseason poll than they were last spring. Their only two losses have come on the road at Tulsa and at Iowa State, so they've been really solid at home. Uh, we got caught up with a uh, Blue Jay women's soccer player today. Um, and that recording will be coming out here in a couple days, and I'm excited to bring you that interview. So stay tuned for that. Uh, they open their uh, conference play with uh, Georgetown this week. Uh, the Creighton men's soccer team uh, went on the road and downed then number one Indiana 3-0. Big victory. Probably one of the biggest victories in, in recent history for the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, the Blue Jays have definitely challenged themselves with their non-conference schedule. Um, they went on the road and beat Indiana before drawing Ohio state. They've had a couple other tough results. Um, I guess the talk of the town recently has been the heartbreaking two, one loss to now number one, Georgetown. So they played two teams that have been ranked number one, uh, in the season. In and this one happened in front of one of the largest crowds at Creighton university's Morrison stadium. I think around 6,500 people were there. Uh, the blue Jays definitely will feel hard done by the officiating in the game as they were denied at least one clear cut penalty in the second half. You could make arguments for some other calls as well. Um, uh, I was able to make it to the second half of the game, so I didn't get to see the first half cause I was coaching in a club game that weekend and it was a great environment. Um, it was just, it was really awesome. And I thought the blue Jays played well in the, in the second half, um, just didn't quite have enough to get it done. 
Um, I, I think they're still going to be okay this season. Um, my guess is that we're going to have another great environment next week when the red side of Omaha comes to Morrison for the Dodge Street Derby. Omaha are 2-3-1 three, and one, and are going to be looking for a win to get above 500, while Creighton are going to be looking for revenge on last spring's lopsided scoreline. The two Division II women's sides have both had slow starts this season. University of Nebraska Kearney and Wayne State College are combined 1-9-1 as they both head into their second week of conference play. Wayne State College did have a notable result, drawing nationally ranked Missouri Western. The Nebraska Wesleyan men's and women's teams are faring a little bit better than their D2 counterparts. Uh, they both teams have three wins apiece as they head in their first conference games this weekend. I'm not going to be able to go through all the junior college teams. Iowa Western's men's and women's teams continue to roll through their schedules, both looking set for the national tournament berths at the end of the fall. Southeast Community College men's soccer is a good story. They've been heading in the right direction this fall with some really good results this past month. And the Northeast women's soccer squad, who are nationally ranked to start the season, can't quite find the momentum as they are 5-5, five and five, trading wins and losses, it seems like, every other game. Uh, please stay tuned for Thursday. I welcome on a member of the Blue Jay women's soccer team. I'm going to kind of give this as a teaser. First, first Blue Jay player that we've welcomed on from either the men's or the women's side. Um, really happy we recorded the interview today. It was a super good interview, so please stay tuned for that. And uh, stay tuned for more soccer coverage uh, from Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast.